You're listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Chris. And I'm Ellie. And we're your hosts. Grow further with us, starting now. On this episode of the Grow Further Podcast, we're back with former astronaut Michael Fole. Not only has he made numerous contributions to the field of space exploration, he also joined NASA during a time of significant change. We're talking about right after the Challenger disaster in the 80s. And that's what we're going to explore with him on this episode. For those of you who don't know the details, we're going to give you a quick recap of what happened. But before we do, we also want to warn you, we will be talking about a tragedy within our country's history, and it may be potentially triggering. All right. So just to give you a little bit of background on what happened uh, back then on January 28th, 1986, the space shuttle Challenger carrying seven astronauts was set to launch into space. Uh, Many people were watching this all over TV. Uh, Tragically, just 73 seconds after liftoff, the shuttle exploded, resulting in the loss of all crew members. A failure of the O-ring seal in one of the solid rocket boosters led to the explosion. And Ellie, this is something everybody listening, there's many documentaries on this as well um, that many of you might have seen and many of us remember actually watching this on TV. In the aftermath, investigations revealed critical flaws in NASA's decision-making process and safety protocols. The Challenger disaster stands as a poignant reminder of the risks and complexities inherent in space exploration and continues to influence safety measures in space missions to this day, Ellie. Yeah, you know, and Dr. Michael Full uncovers and shares how if NASA was able to rise to the challenge around creating psychological safety and listening to those who shared their concerns about the O-rings and about the mission itself, right? the Challenger and the brave astronauts aboard may not have perished. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation with former astronaut Mike Full. And here we go. Welcome back, Mike. You know, having a thriving culture where everybody around you feels safe, there's trust, you know, that's hard to do. So I'm hoping to learn a little bit more from you about that transformation that NASA went through and perhaps what contributed to those incidents. The two things that came out of the Challenger accident were one was schedule was driving people, managers to make decisions quickly without listening to all of their team and without listening to all of the concerns of their team. And that was a major uh, criticism. The second and schedule was driving it. That was the other criticism because we uh, NASA was trying to be a commercial transportation company <clears throat> that was launching not only invalid, you know, priceless human beings, but it was also launching insurable but very expensive satellites. And the commercial interests were driving the schedule to launch those commercial satellites, which are all insurable. But the humans were also part of that launch system. And of course, uh, they are invaluable in terms of you know the risks you're taking with them. Absolutely. Out of that examination, um, the decision was made to change the culture at NASA so that whenever we make a decision that's either massively expensive, has expensive consequences, or involves human life or risks to health, then everybody in the pyramid, you know, and it goes up to the manager at the top. Um, has to be asked if they are okay with the decisions being made. And um, yes, there are representatives of the smaller groups at a board meeting or something. But that manager, whenever a manager's in a room saying, we're going to pass on our recommendation up the chain, that manager, um, she will look at each person in the eye and say, 
you know, Jenna, are you okay with this decision? And even if she's the intern or whatever, you ask the intern, looking her in the eye, are you okay? Or do you have any concerns? And you pause and have empathy and try and feel that person's insecurity in speaking up. Because it's so mm-hmm. the burden's on you as the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. And if she really doesn't have anything to say, you say, oh, thank you anyway for thinking about it. And then you move to the next. If she does have a concern and it's an inexperienced person and she doesn't know all of the answers, then at that point, if the manager has a way of answering the concern, then she should do so. Or if she doesn't and, and the team at the table or around the table don't have the answers, then she needs to assign someone to go and address the concern. And that is... That was the huge cultural change. Um, and it's, it's beautiful to watch when you're in a moment where you're deciding to fire off a rocket motor or do a test and someone, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It has irreversible consequences. And then you look around the room and you ask every single person, are you okay with this? It, 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 it's cute. I mean, it's just, it's just neat to see how yeah. that works. And suddenly, because they were each person, no matter how junior, including the interns, you know, who are some of the most bright and, uh, you know, effective people in an organization, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when they're asked and they actually, you know, their opinions heard, listened to, it's a big deal. And it makes that organization function really well. Uh, because, yeah, all the, you know, the old employees have been there for ages and they, their opinions are known. They kind of go, oh, okay, you know, they're listening to the young people too. Right. And it's pretty inspiring, I imagine, for them. Yes, it should be. That very true. And I think that this is a conversation that maybe perhaps prevents future accidents or incidents. If you can adopt some of what you're saying, Mike, because I'm really hearing that the the big culture shift is this potentially hierarchical structure where I am a leader. I know more than you. I'm a know-it-all kind of leader. And this is something that Ellie and I talk about often. You can have a learn-it-all leader or you can have a know-it-all leader. And it sounds like NASA has included in their routine before a decision is made, similar to when you're on an airplane and you're asked if you understand that you're in an exit seat. We've all been in that situation where we have to verbally say, yes, I'm ready to assist in need of an emergency. Um, that same kind of routine is adopted within NASA now, because to my understanding, there were folks that had a concern um, about about the O-rings, right? They had a concern. They had a worry. But how that worry was addressed, you know, that. So, so, so for the Chandra accident specifically, um, the cause of it was um, poor rubber behaving differently in really cold temperatures when it was a cold Florida day in January in 1986. And they actually had ice on the outside of the booster. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- not from the propellants, but just from the weather. Um, mm-hmm. There was an engineer who worried about that. And his concern, he didn't, he, his concern didn't get up to the top. And it, and it wasn't well understood either. And, it, and the concern um, was rapidly verified after the accident. But before the accident, it would take a while. It would take that. Engine, that leader of the group asking him, well, why are you worried? And he says, well, I don't know. He doesn't, hasn't done the test with that O-ring, but he thinks it will be stiff and it will crack and it will allow the hot gases of the rocket booster to get out and burn into the tank of the, you know, of the shuttle and blow it up. So he couldn't prove that, of course, when he was worried, but he had to be listened to and they had to go off and think about what he'd said. And that didn't take place. 
So there was a suspicion that, or there was a concern that they couldn't say without a shadow of a doubt that something wouldn't go wrong. No. And, in other words. And anyone who's worried, you know, especially if you're junior, you don't know for a fact. And sure. in fact, most, all, most humans always need corroboration and support and, and um, need to be listened to first. And then what they've said has to be considered and thoughtfully, and then other people's opinions about it need to be listened to. And so that 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 uh, teamwork and interaction um, is the key to the solutions being found, or and the problems being properly identified, because there so, might be a you know a false call. Do you think that it was because there wasn't a desire to listen or to hear, or there wasn't the time spent? What what do you think was the root cause? I know you talked about scheduling pressure. Um, you know, why do you think the time wasn't taken to stop and address this concern or the worry or the uncertainty around what was going to happen or what could have happened? I think it's profit margin, future contracts, business development. You're worrying about that because this was a contractor. It wasn't uh, an actual government employee. Um, and um, they were worried about getting another contract in the future. And so they wanted to look smooth and competent and say their product, the booster, was all in good shape. And mm -hmm. that was the wrong concern <laughs> if you're worried about survival of humans on the rocket. Um, it was the wrong concern if you wanted a good product. If you wanted, to, if you wanted another contract, uh, you should be telling, showing NASA how worried you are about giving them a good product and how, how you're making every effort to listen to your team to make sure they get a good product. And that didn't happen. So it was a misunderstanding of the role in the management of that, of that company. And appearing in control and appearing like you've got it together and that right, everything's so going to be fine. I think that's so relatable, isn't it, to life? Like so often you just want to yes. present like that. Yes. yes, I totally agree. I am terribly uncomfortable with a sales pitch without all of the, well, we aren't sure of this bit and we aren't sure of that bit. But really, overall, you know, we're, we're spending the time on it. We want to pitch it to you as a good thing, but we don't know all the answers. Whenever I go to a business development person, they say, you can't say that. <laughs> but no, honesty about what you think are the risks is always important. Well, and that that... It puts the ball in their court to say, these are the risks that could come about. And now you get to make the decision if you want to proceed knowing the risk. Yeah. But then you just say, well, we're keen to help as much as we can, but there are risks. You just have to face it. It's, it's when we don't acknowledge risk is, is always a mistake. So I love this. I love this conversation because I think it is really relatable because I think that in any organization, in, in family relationships and in, in partnerships and friendships, Sometimes we feel this pressure to not disappoint. And sometimes we feel this pressure to rush towards our goals and our priorities. And what I hear you saying, Mike, is that it's so important to make sure that number one, we bring everybody into the conversation and we think about everybody's concerns. We think about everybody's thoughts and opinions. No matter their level of exactly. experience, which is really what, what I took from you. I think far too often we just assume that a younger person or a, a person yeah. newer in their career just doesn't know as much. But NASA has changed that. No, everybody has to look, the other person in the eye, the manager has to look in their eye and say, are you 
comfortable with this decision? Are you okay with this decision? So yeah, regardless of experience. Yeah. And then also listen when somebody gives their opinion or their thoughts yeah. or their concern. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just check the block. Ask the question. Yeah. Right. And there's danger of being just check the block. Um, I, the story I gave you about, you know, looking to Jenna, that did not happen at NASA. That happened at another space company that was emulating NASA, that had already learned from NASA's experience, bad wow. experience, and wow. had taken it upon itself to try and do the right thing. Wow. And so I'm, you know, so it was encouraging. That's another reason why I was really pleased to see it happen because it happened in a commercial company that had to make, you know, money. They, they had to produce on time, et cetera. And uh, they were still doing this. So it was good. You said you're a technical person, and I definitely think that it shows with the level of details that you remember. I think that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Just kind of blown away by it. But I have taken away a lot from this conversation, Mike. I think that our leaders, family members, friends, everybody listening to this, just remember, try to fight the hierarchical you know, you're young, so you just don't know anything. Managers look people in the eye before a big decision's made and get the confirmation from your team that it's the right way to go. And guess what? If it isn't, if there's concerns, pause and actually listen. Yep. And that's a wrap for Dr. Mike Full. Thank you for spending time with us, for sharing so many beautiful and special stories about your time with NASA and your continued impact on the culture that now exists there. Welcome. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for joining us on the Grow Further podcast. Between now and next time, we hope you grow just a little bit further. This has been a CBS Health production. This episode was produced by Jed Ackerman and Tony Johnson with digital support from Eva Charbonneau. Listen, follow, and let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Grow Further podcast. See you next time. Mm-hmm.